go. Welcome back, everybody, to the XX Worm Podcast, which apparently is not a great name for the show, so we've been told. Uh, but alas, yeah. we're not we're not changing it. We like the name. And I'm here today. I'm Elder Jackson, and I'm here with Bishop Jensen. Uh, how are you doing, Bishop? Good. Uh, great weekend. And you know what? I've been having a great time doing this podcast as well. I can say that the longer I spend working on this podcast, the less I want, the less I think about Mormonism, mm-hmm. which is exact where we're trying to go, right? Getting yeah. past. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. So it's, it, I think it's been a pretty productive thing for me too to just kind of unpack things. And today we're unpacking the breakup that we all feel. This is actually yeah. something I've been thinking about a lot lately is that my whole social dynamic is totally different now and i have a lot of things to learn as i move into being an individual rather than being in this full-time committed relationship with the church so you sent an article last night about breakups do you want to lead us into this a little bit sure so it's a it's an article by vox and the uh, written by katie bogan she says the seven things I did to get over a big breakup and my research says they work. So Alex, have you been through a breakup before in life? I have many years ago, but I have been. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, do you want to elaborate on that at all? <laughs> or no, not for I, I can, I can elaborate. Yeah. I was in a relationship with yeah. a girl for like three years and uh, yeah. then, yeah, we just weren't right for each other. And uh, we ended things and, uh, yeah. And, and the way that we ended things, we were still friends, you know, like, but I was very clear that, Hey, I'm not going to talk to you for a little bit. Cause I need to, I need to get over this. Right. Detoxes. Yeah. 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 And so, so still friends, even, even today we're still friends, I'd say. And, uh, but I went, I went a while without even saying a word so that I could just, detox, get away from it. And it sucked. Like I really cared about this person and then trying to move on. Like, even though I knew it was the right thing, like I was crying, like cried more than I've ever cried since then, like in entirely. Uh, and, and yeah, like, but it had to be done. So it's tough. Yeah. I know. Like I dated, one girl all through high school. And by the end of high school, all we had all of our friends in common. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we split up, it was like, <laughs> it was almost like a race on Friday night to see which one of us would phone our group of friends first, because we were both same thing, trying to get away from each other, trying to put some space between the relationship to get over it. And I just started thinking like your relationship with the church is it's a relationship you've had from like, the day you were born in most cases. Yeah. And so when you leave the church, it's not just like you stop going to your, um, your beer league softball team. You've really severed a lifelong kind of committed relationship. Yeah. You've stopped going to your beer league, uh, softball team. You've stopped, you know, returning home at night to the same place. You've stopped, uh, going to dinner at your regular restaurant, you've stopped, you know, university at the same place, like everything. 
everything's totally yeah. different. Yeah. Cause it's all, it's all encompassing. Exactly. Yeah. The church just wraps itself into so many aspects of your life that splitting with it really is like a breakup. So I found this article on breakups and just kind of want to talk about the things that are recommended for you to do when you break up with a person versus when you break up with the church. Right. So the first thing she says is um, she said yes to every social invitation. So in the first few weeks following the breakup, anytime somebody asked her to go out and do anything, she went and she didn't really care about whether or not it was something she was interested in doing. She just did anything she could to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what the experts say about that, um, you're trying to re you, you define yourself in large parts by this relationship and whether, you know, a dating relationship or the church, it comes to define you in a lot of ways. And so getting out of the house and accepting social invitations and doing other things is the way you start rebuilding your self image, right. And, and who you perceive yourself as, and it kind of, it reinforces, I think the idea that that relationship is over because you're going out and doing things. And so it just becomes easier for the mind to accept a new reality when you start engaging with that new reality. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the, the hard thing about this one for me is that this is exactly why this breakup's been hard for me. I don't get invites to go do social things because all of my social life, all of my friends were wrapped up in the church. And so this has been the hardest one for me, probably of all of the ones that we'll go through on this list is, and I was telling, I was actually telling some TBM friends of mine yesterday, I was on a call with them and I told them, I, I said, look, I would love to go to like family home evening and stuff and not feel like, you know, with the YSA ward, cause that's where all my friends were and not feel like, oh, but you're inactive. Are you coming to church on Sunday? I would like to go and just hang out with people, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, like, <laughs> and they, they, they realized, you know, oh, yeah, you know, there should be more acceptance for people to be invited out because we're friends with them, not because we're trying to get them baptized, right? I had a friend who was told by the bishop when he left the church, my friend leaves the church, and then he kept going to the activities and the bishop like pulled him yeah. aside and was like, hey, you know, we don't want you trying to lead anybody astray or anything. And he's thinking, I'm just here to hang out with my friends. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to pull anybody away or anything. I just, this is where I've always found my friends. And so this is a hard one for me just because like that's where my friends were. And, you know, now I don't, I don't get invited to social things anymore. I think, so I think that the, like wanting to engage in the fun parts of the church after you've left it behind, that's like when you break up with somebody and you say, we can, let's try and be friends, but it really doesn't mean anything. Right. It's like, you said, we'd always be friends. Yeah. I guess when I say that, I mean, if I see in the hallway at school, I'll wave. Right. Right. I'll be polite. I I won't look the other way. Yeah, that's what I mean when by right. saying friends. I don't mean that we're going to hang out on Friday night still because then that's 
that's going backwards. Right. So I right. think that when you actually do make a break from the church, like you, you need to sever that social relationship, I think. Yeah. And, I think the social reliance on it. Yeah. Yeah. You need to start finding. So I know like people would invite me to go out for a beer or get a drink and I really had no particular interest in doing that at first, but I just said, you know, what the hell, this mm-hmm. is what people who aren't Mormon do. And I've got to kind of do a little bit of like when in Rome, go with the Romans and, and try and do these different things and try and see other people instead of just being like, well, most of my friends are just people from church. So I'll still keep hanging out with them. No, like you've got to break out and find other things to do that are outside of trying to get the be Mormon without being Mormon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for like in in my case, I work alone. Like, yeah, I I yeah. don't have I don't have a place to make friends, right? And it's during the pandemic, yeah. right? So there's yeah. nowhere for me to go out. I I meet people online through the podcasting community and stuff, and mm-hmm. I meet them and I talk to them, but it's like oh, we're friends in the context of podcasts, right? Yeah. And so then there's this weird new social reality I'm trying to figure out where it's like, okay, when do we go from being just like, oh, we get together and talk about podcasts to, oh, do you want to just hang out? Yeah, yeah. That's my, that's like what I'm trying to figure out right now. And it's this very weird, weird thing, especially because, yeah, there's not in-person things where I can just go, hang out with people right now. Yeah. I'd say that during like during the pandemic has made this particularly hard. Like what you can do is there's a lot of Facebook groups, like in the area I live in for hiking or cycling or rowing or all these different, Mm. I think it like you pretty much just join one of these groups. And when we can be more social, you just start showing up to the things. Mm. Right. And, and it's going to be weird and it's going to be awkward because you've never, I think if you've been in the church, you're mostly used to showing up in social places at church where somebody will be your friend, mm-hmm. right? Or right off the bat, you know, you can talk to somebody about something, right? but going out, breaking off, doing these social things alone outside of that safety net, it's going to be a bit of a challenge, but I think like it's necessary to really sever this relationship yeah. with the church, right? Yeah. I, I think having the reliance on it. Um, it is, yeah, something I'm trying to figure out because I haven't gone to FHE or any of the social activities or anything since since leaving because they're still happening because religious rights, they're still allowed to hang out yeah, yeah. and get together, uh, <laughs> which is just funny to me. But I, I'm, I'm not going to those, um, but I wish, I wish there was like just something like that, right, that I could just go yeah. hang out, just go hang out with people. Yeah, that's my thing. I we yeah so i think it's important to get as social as you can outside of the church and away from people from church to keep yourself from just kind of either well you back it it, it just increases your mental processing time of mm-hmm. unpacking it right if you're just kind of going back hanging out with the same people kind of being you know, the conversations that they're going to have, because most people from church end up talking about church when they're not at church, right. you know, the kinds of, and, and you know that you can still engage in those conversations on some level, but you're skeptical and angry or something like that. And then you're just perpetually put in a situation where like, you know, what everybody's going to talk about, you know, you have this different opinion that everybody's 
angry or threat feeling threatened by. Yeah. And it, like, it's just not going to be a good place for you. So you really have to go out and find a new set of friends. Yeah. And I know in ward council on Sunday, they're going to be like, well, Alex, you know, or elder Jackson came out to FHE, you know, and, do you think he's coming back? That, like, has anybody checked on his testimony? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so the next thing she talks about is she said, I nourish my body with healthy food and, and exercise. So when you go through a breakup with a person and when you're breaking up with the church, I think that exercise is important. Like what, do you do anything for a regular fitness or exercise? Have you mm-hmm. found this helpful? Um, yeah. I mean, like it's something that I do, but I don't know. I don't know if it's been a huge, um, huge help as far as getting over things and, you know, getting past mm-hmm. things and working through things. I do go on a walk every day, like pretty long walks, at least an hour yeah. a day I walk. And right. that that's kind of like a meditative time for me. So I think it's less about the physical aspect of it and more about the I'm just out I'm able to think and I'm able to process things I think that's what it's about for me at least yeah I've noticed that sometimes like I'll start feeling a lot of underlying stress just kind of generally stressed and not sure what I'm stressed about but uh, getting out getting some exercise just kind of takes that edge off so I think when you're, there were days when I was leaving the church where I was honestly so depressed that I couldn't, like I do a bit of cycling, especially in the spring and summer, and I could barely pedal. My head was in so many different places and I was so depressed that it was hard for me to just continue to push the pedals. Like I, and I never felt that distracted before, but I think that getting out and getting yourself moving, even when it's really, really hard like that, I think it kind of, I think it for me, at least it helped me kind of move on to keep moving. The, the fact that I had to keep moving physically kind of helped me with the fact that I had to keep moving on mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think also, you know, taking care of ourselves physically is just generally a good idea to have like a baseline of, of health, right. Just to be like, okay, I'm healthy. You know, it kind of just helps you, like you said, keep moving forward mentally uh, as well as physically. What the expert says about the, like the importance of exercise when you're going through a breakup is that the breakup disrupts your routine. And when you break up with the church, a big part of your daily routine, your weekly routines are all disrupted. Huge. And so building exercising habits helps you take control of your life by building new habits. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that helps a lot. I'm, I'm sure building new habits, um, Helps in any situation, whenever you're trying to get past something, building new habits to, to, you know, (laughs) uh, kind of create a new self, right? You know, um, to to say, exactly, you know, so that when people see you, they're not looking at you minus the church, they're looking at you plus all these, you know, new experiences and new things that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that really helps. Uh, next thing she says, she reconnected with old friends. So your relationship, it can, and usually does tend to be kind of all consuming, right? And people lose touch with friends as they, and you see that, especially in YSA, it's like, oh, they're engaged now. 
now they're dead. Don't expect to see them at anything. <laughs> like, yeah, they're dead to all over. of us. They're yeah. not showing up anywhere. Yeah. And then same thing when people first get married. It's like, well, see you when we see you now. Like yeah. nobody expects to see their their friends after they get married. And then maybe when you do get married, you find some couples friends, but it, it's not the same. You're not as dependent on your friends. You're, you become more dependent on this one relationship. And so what she did when she broke up was she reconnected with all these old friends. I think that when you're in the church, you can have a lot of friends, especially non-member friends and acquaintances who end up kind of taking a back seat in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's important that as you come out of the church to reconnect with all those people, you're able to kind of unpack some things. I think that way and say, Hey, you know what? I know I really got tied up with my church and I was weird. And, uh, Hey, do you want to get together? I drink now. (laughs) I drink coffee and beers no longer off limits. So if you want to do the two social things that like everybody does, Mm -hmm. I'm now free and open for that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Like, have you, did you have any non-member friends? I knew you grew up in a real Mormon area. So you had zero, zero non-Mormon friends. So yeah, all of my, all of my friendships kind of went with the breakup. And uh, I mean, I mentioned talking to my TBM friends the other day. Like mm-hmm. I have, I still have really, really good relationships with a lot of my friends yeah. and a lot of them, uh, the, the couple that I was talking to yesterday, they said, you know, they, they actually asked me before I left, they said, you know, you don't seem very happy here. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, yeah. do you, do you even believe in God? And I was like, no. And they're like, well, you <laughs> know, no wonder you're unhappy, man. Like, and they actually yeah. kind of encouraged me to like, leave and um yeah you know just like super supportive they are significantly more progressive mormons than most but they they were really supportive for me leaving so i still have like good friends but i don't have i don't have like the casual friends i have my really really good friends and nothing else and so and I, that's something I never thought that I would need is like just casual buddies. Um, yeah. But now I'm realizing <laughs> that would be a huge help. And yeah. And growing yeah. up, I thought Mormonism is my life. Mormonism is everything. So I didn't bother talking to non-Mormons, uh, you know, outside yeah. of, oh, I'm at school. I'll be polite. Yeah, totally. I know I, there were a couple of friends I made in university and, uh, and it ended up working with in my first job out of school. And those are people I've stayed in touch with and maybe rekindled that a bit and just said, Hey, you know, like I, uh, not doing the church thing anymore. So if you want to meet up for beers after COVID mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of, um, yeah, unfortunately like COVID's made it a bit tough, but having all these old friends is good. Uh, the expert opinion on that, on reconnecting with, um, your breakup is, uh, breakups disrupt your attachment system. So in the same way that a baby is reliant on their mom for primary caregiving adults, we still have a strong need to connect deeply with other people. Um, So yeah, rebuilding those connections, it just, it helps you kind of rebuild, I guess your, your sense of self and your, your, your structure for emotional security Mm-hmm. Because I think like you've got to recognize that the church provided a lot of those things for you. So if you're going to get over it, you've got to start rebuilding them outside of the church, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah. 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 So the next thing. Okay. No, I got some thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was just saying that, you know, like I was saying with my, you know, my web of friendships, right? Like I still have Mm -hmm. great close friends, but I need, I'm missing other circles outside of that, that I need to find and rebuild. Yeah. I think like there's a difference between church friends and then friends that you met at church. Mm -hmm. Right. So your church friends are people who really the only thing you have in common is Mormonism. Right. Yeah. And then once that's gone, like you guys have nothing to talk about, then there's people who are your friends because they're your friends. It just so happens that you met them in primary when you're five, right? You have a lot of things in common outside of Mormonism and a lot of shared life experiences outside of that. I'd say those relationships, you know, if it doesn't keep falling back to the thing you have in common as the church, then those are probably pretty valid relationships to continue with. But I just say like, based on, you know, the science of getting over a breakup is that if you just keep going back to those casual acquaintances, like you got to cut them out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Can't I don't like my wife's had a it. very, my wife's had a very persistent ministering sister and, and she's saying, she's like, Oh, that lady's birthday's coming up. And she always does something like on my birthday. So I feel like I'm going to have to, and I was like, babe, just unfriend her. Just cut it out. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, like I was just reading this article and going through a breakup. The big thing is, is you've got to cut all that stuff out. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we, we rent our basement to the church actually to missionaries. And as I was coming out of the church, it was easy to get into it with them, especially when they found out we were inactive. They want to work with us, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let's go. Let's get into it. And then now I've just, I, you know, I've realized I'm like, if I really want to get over this thing, they're a tenant and that's it. Yep. And so it's just, Hey, great. The rent came on time. Can you guys cut the grass? Great. Thanks. (laughs) And that's really it. Right. But if I keep talking to them and engaging with it, then I'm never going to get over it. Right. Right. You, You just have to let it be something else. Yeah. 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 And I, I think we've talked about setting boundaries before I'm sure. And, you know, setting those boundaries is important with yourself too, right? Like mm-hmm. being aware of what boundaries you have on your relationship with the church and the people you've met there and, and deciding where it's important to, you know, let things come through and where it's important to just say, no, thanks. Yeah. I think this side, like this side on the, the breakup thinking about it this way is that you've got to it's not just setting boundaries with what other people say to you it's like setting boundaries with yourself about what you're going to talk about Mm -hmm. and it can feel like it has it what i found is that it's very very deliberate i have to very consciously conscientiously bite my tongue Mm -hmm. and just say i'm not going there anymore i can't go there anymore i have to get over this right yeah yeah Ready for the next one? Yeah. So she said, I cut off all my hair. And I've seen this on other like uh, recommendations for on, on dealing with breakups to not make drastic changes. Cause it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm free of this thing. And now I'm just going to cut off my hair because, you know, my, my former partner, they only wanted my hair cut this way. And now I'm finally free of them. So I can do whatever the hell I want. And, and in other articles, I've read that you've got to kind of, Give yourself some time, sleep on a lot of decisions. <laughs> yeah, don't rush into a lot. 
and I think it's the same thing. Like the church oppressed me my whole life. I never drank alcohol. I never drank ca- coffee. I never had premarital sex. I'm now I'm doing everything. And they just start <laughs> indiscriminately acting out. I remember there was one guy in high school who left the church and he was drinking coffee and we're like, Hey, isn't coffee gross? He's like, yeah, it's totally gross. Why are you drinking it? I'm just trying to be as unmormon as I possibly can. <laughs> right. Like he was just, whatever he had been told not to do, he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the application of this one. She's talking about, I cut off all my hair. So what researchers say is that like making those changes, whether in style, your haircut or whatever, People tend to make big changes after a breakup because they're trying to reclaim their identity. Mm-hmm. I'd say same thing is going to happen when you leave the church. You, you feel like you have to do everything to reclaim your identity, but I'd say sleep on a lot of decisions mm-hmm. and take your time. I probably wore garments for like six months after I left the church. And it probably took me another six months until I had my first taste of alcohol. It, it takes, it can take time for you to let go of those things. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You don't have to just automatically go into a rager to assert your new identity. You can let it evolve over time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important is to not, you know, e- even though, yeah, okay, you're out now and you're free, like be smart about it, right? I yeah. think we, we've mentioned before how not, not, uh, is it not everything good about the church is unique but everything bad about the church is, or it goes something like that. Yeah, right? I know. I know. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know you know what about. I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important to remember, even though, yeah, like a lot of us had some effed up times in the church. Some of the guidelines, like ideas are, you know, maybe I will definitely extreme, but like it's, mm-hmm. it's not a bad idea, right? Like for me, like now that I'm out, I have the thing in my head where it's like, well, I can try alcohol, right? But thinking about it, I'm like, I think it smells disgusting. (laughs) Like I don't want to try it. And I think that's okay. To the point of hair, I'm growing my hair out because I'm not at BYU-Idaho anymore and I'm allowed to. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time, but now, you know, now I can actually do it. And so I think, I don't know, I I think you said it just right with think about these things, you know, and and be deliberate and very intentional in the ways that you choose to assert your identity. Maybe it's getting a tattoo, you know, maybe that's something you've always wanted, right? But... Yeah, but the church hasn't allowed that, and now you're you're like, okay, I'm gonna do that. Great, but I think yeah, sleep on sleep on things. There's, yeah, there's yeah, don't go do a lot of these things on impulse because a lot of them have, um, yeah, uh, significant and unintended consequences sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, like with alcohol, for example, along with getting drunk there's like this rich culture and history with uh, alcohol manufacturing, right? There's certain breweries and monasteries that have been labeled like UNESCO world heritage sites, like places where they've been brewing beer for the same way for 400, 600 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's certain types of um, uh, alcohol where they need to age it for like a hundred years. 
And sometimes like the brewmaster needs to pass down his talent so well, because he might not actually be there to taste and sample the final result. And all, you know, it's got this great and unique kind of culture. And that's kind of the thing that interests me about alcohol above and beyond just intoxication, right? Is that there's this rich history and culture associated with it. And so getting involved, like starting to drink, it wasn't just that I wanted to get drunk like everybody else. It was like, oh, there was actually this whole culture that I was shielded from in this rich history and all these things I get to learn about now mm-hmm. and experience kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you get really into that and I think that's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a different experience for everybody, the way that they, you know, change their identity or, or find their identity, find their individuality um, yeah. through these things that were previously barred from them. And then here's the last one. And I think this, this tip is the one that I think almost no Mormons or ex-Mormons consider. So it says, I blocked my ex on every social media channel I could think of. So I'm a Facebook stalker. I'm a rabid Instagram follower, a Snapchat checker, and general social media addict. Immediately following a breakup, this quality was poison. I was thrilled to be able to show off my new life and my happiness but a single update from my ex would leave me devastated and confused and missing everything about him. So I know like after I, like it was in my young adult years when I was dating with Facebook, but I remember if I break up with somebody, I wouldn't unfriend them Mm. because it was like, I don't want them to think I'm so torn up about this that I have to delete them. So I will just not, and they can know that I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about whatever that was the way I always thought about it was like no you never unfriend your ex let them know how much you don't give a fuck by not unfriending them was kind of my thought but what she's saying here is that actually like the most important thing you can do is block and cut it out of your social media hmm. and a lot of ex-mormons just they know more about what's in the church news than active members right yeah they have read every article in the church news yeah. And it's like, what do you think about that? And they said this and they did this and they did. And, and they just like, they, they troll the faithful subreddit. They join the ex Mormon subreddit. It is like, it becomes all consuming and not just blocking your ex on social media, but I mean like really assertively and conscientiously just cut the church out of your life. Mm-hmm. And I really wish this is something I thought about when I was getting over it, but I think there's something about the pain you feel in leaving, it's almost like it gives you the sense of vindication. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, for me, at least that's why I wanted to hold on to it. It's that you realize that this thing was so stupid and ran your life and made so many decisions for you that it's just like, now that I feel hurt and angry, I can, I'm justified in hating this stupid thing that took so much from me. Right. Yeah. And now you get to stand there from the outside and make fun of it. And it feels good. Like, it's like really yeah. cathartic to you know <laughs> to see these things in church news and stuff and think like oh I roll you know that's so dumb I yeah. like yeah uh, I like talking to my family and you know bringing things up and saying oh yeah well the church actually said this and they're like what and they're all super active Mormons but they don't even know about yeah. it and I'm I'm bringing them the church news and saying oh yeah they said yeah. this oh, yeah. isn't that interesting oh what do you think about you know and I'm like 
I'm totally the person who is stalking the ex. I eat that stuff up. And yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I told you when we were talking about doing this podcast, I, I yeah. said, yeah, I want to do it for a year, do it for 2021 and then just drop it and just like, yeah, leave this world behind. Not like the world, yeah. not my life, obviously. <laughs> I have many more fun adventures to go on. But to leave this aspect of it and just be like, I'm not Mormon, I'm not Mormon anymore. Like I don't associate yeah. with that title. If people talk to me and, and they say, oh, are you religious? I'll just say no. I won't say, oh, I was raised Mormon, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll just say, nope, that's, that's it. Like... Yeah. Easy. And and just let yeah. it be gone from my life completely. But right now I'm definitely uh, a stalker and I think I will be for, you know, at least the next few months. I think like I'm really I really thought about that one and I'm really just trying to cut it out of my life. And I there's some friends I have who've left the church and they've been out of the church for maybe 10 years and they were like who who's the president of the church again? Who's the prophet? And I was like, that's who I want to be. Yeah. Is the guy who knows nothing about what's going on in the church. Yeah. Where it's so far in the rear view mirror that I don't, I don't know who the apostles are. I don't know who said what in the newspaper about gay people this time. Like I just want to, I don't know what Hindus say. I don't know what Muslims say. I don't know what the born again Christians are saying. I want to know about the Mormons as much as I know about other religions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think everybody has their own different way to, to get to that point. But I do like the idea of that being the destination, that being the goal, to be able to hear these things. You know, when I go see family, I'm going to hear about it, right? All of my siblings and my parents yeah. are super active, right? And I know I'm going to hear about it, but I would like to be in the boat where I don't come back and say, oh, well, that really doesn't go along with what Russell M. Nelson said in 2010. If you remember in his general conference yeah. talk titled blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, he said this. So, I mean, that's pretty backwards, isn't it? I'd like to just say, oh, interesting. And that, Me that's too. it. That's it. And yeah. then just leave it. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't think they need me to bring them out. I figured it out on my own. And uh, yeah. I'm sure at least a couple of my siblings will figure it out. So, yeah, yeah. And I like the only way, the easiest way to stop yourself from saying accidentally saying those things is just stop learning those things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Stop reading about the church news. Stop going to Mormon WikiLeaks or Truth and Transparency Foundation. Like, there's just I know there's a feeling where you just want to watch the thing burn down. Oh, and it's and you're so just waiting fun. for the next right. You're yeah. just waiting for it, but you've got to get past caring about it i think like the ideal situation is that you care about it as much as you care about any other weird organization or church right mm -hmm. yeah someday <laughs> someday i think definitely within this year i th i think i'll be there within this year yeah hopefully <laughs> i think so i mean if I think about where I was even 12 months ago, 12 months ago, I was still angry. Mm -hmm. Now I even, I just like, I lose interest and lose anger 
kind of a little more every month. I, I never thought I'd feel about it the way I feel now. I thought that could never happen, but it's just enough time and deliberately kind of putting some space between it. It just becomes less and less relevant and more and more silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a process. I mean, I just, I, <laughs> I, I left, I mean, a year ago, actually, yeah, a year ago today, I think, you know, yeah. I gave a talk in church and then went to the mall with my friends after and hung out yeah. and then COVID happened and everything was canceled. And I said, well, I guess that was my last Sunday at church <laughs> uh, because I knew, you know, I knew this would last long enough for me to use it as an excuse not to show up when the bishop asked at BYU-Idaho, hey, are you coming to church, yeah. Elder Jackson? And I'd say, oh, no, COVID, you know, and he's understandable. And then now I'm home and now it's like gone, gone. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, definitely my last semester was my angriest because I was stuck there. Right. But now I have nothing to rage against Ugh, and I'm all <laughs> angsty still. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how me getting over this goes. <laughs> yeah. I, it'll, I think it comes along faster than, faster than I realized. So it was the end of 2018 was my last, uh, I got called into tithing settlement and just said, I'm not paying tithing anymore. And then the Bishop got called in the state presidency. Nobody passed on the message to the new Bishop. I didn't want to like abruptly stop. I just kind of wanted to carry on through my calling and wait until I got released and then disappear, which is what I ended up doing. It just took another five months for them to do that to realize that I wasn't really going to participate mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was half-assing it. Um, so that was end of 2018. So I guess it's really been two years, maybe two and a half. But anyway, this last bit, bit of advice, blocking your ex, blocking the church, cutting the church out of your newsfeed is a key step in getting over it. And I think it's one that most ex-Mormons are, slow to do. And I think that makes the healing process take longer so that they continue to re-engage with it. And so just bear my testimony that if you want to get over the church, (laughs) you can, it's just going to take some work just like it would in a breakup. Mm -hmm. Say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Ramen. 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 (laughs) Classic. Classic.